welcome to the Journey Through Fantasy. My name is Patrick, and on this bonus episode, before we really start the show, I want to give a little background on me as a reader, and more specifically a fantasy reader. Uh, I would not consider myself an avid reader, uh, really any kind of a consistent reader. I'm, I'm definitely not that. I think statistically, though, and this data could be uh, wrong on several several different ways. One, it might be outdated. Two, I could be misremembering, you know, the, the information. But from what I gather, this study done sometime, I think, I don't know, 2015, 2016, 2017, somewhere in that time frame, only uh, 2% of the United States, I believe it was just the United States, only 2% read for pleasure after graduating from high school or college. Uh, now, granted, 2%, you know, when you get down to the actual numbers, there's still a lot of people. Like, just for instance, uh, where I live in the state of Alabama, there are close to 5 million. So 2% of 5 million is 100,000. So you know, that's still 100,000 people that read. Um, you know, that's, and I believe the way they defined what reading was, again, some of this, <laughs> this may be anecdotal at this point, but some of, um, I, I believe the, the, the criteria was, you, you might be able to look this up. Maybe I should have looked it up before I did this, uh, but I just not thought about it. But, uh, I believe the criteria was like maybe reading two books a year, I think. And that was considered reading. So we may have to go look that up. I may touch on that later in the in as we get through and we, we get f- further in. I, I'll do some more statistics on that. And that'd be a fun thing to talk about one day on like a little bonus episode. But uh, so but for me, like I may read like 10, 15 books over a four month stretch and then not touch a book for a year. Uh, and now, and I read all various different ways. You know, I'll, I'll read, you know, uh, paperback, mostly paperback. I, I'm not the biggest hard, hardback fan. Uh, paperback just seems to be easier to travel, easier to hold actually to me a little bit more durable in the sense that I'm more precious with hardbacks because I paid more for them. And so paperbacks actually, they can take a beating and I don't care about it, but they, they're still legible. I mean, try, try putting a, a paperback in a washer in a dryer and, um, you know, and then put, put a hardback in there. The hardback's front cover is probably going to fall off. Um, and the, the, the glue and the spine and everything, you know, it, there's just a lot going on. Hardback to me are decorative pieces. Okay. Now I'll get a hardback, you know, if I'm walking through, um, Booksman or Barnes and Noble, something like that. Uh, and they're, and you know, it's like, I don't know, a couple of Brandon Sanderson books I have bought. I bought the hardback versions because they were like $5 or something on like a bargain price, bargain bin. So, um, but I, you know, I read everything paperback, hardback, ebook, uh, audiobook. And uh, a lot of what I read, I do like a combo. I read it while I'm listening to it on the on uh, the audio. So, 
And, you know, you may be thinking, good Lord, man, what are you made of money? No, like <laughs> I kind of, uh, I buy used books more than anything. Used books or I wait for the Kindle book to drop to like a dollar ninety nine, two ninety nine, And then I'll, you know, I got like an Audible subscription. So um, I really started doing that with the Wheel of Time. But, well, I'm getting ahead of myself now. But just know that throughout this whole process, I'll be reading different, you know, different formats. Uh, you know, I'll be doing it all. Uh, but it all kind of started in 2019. Um, I had read a few books. So, you know, of course, I read in high school. I read in college, but not regularly. Just once in a blue moon. And then 2014, I believe is when I got Goodreads. And, you know, I started reading a few things. I, I think I read the Anni- the first Annihilation book. Uh, I read, ooh, I'm trying to think here. I think that was about it. That, maybe Gone Girl. I think that was around the time. Then t- in 2017, I read, you know, The Martian, Ready Player One, um, 112263, you know, s- stuff like that. Uh, but I really don't consider myself really st- starting, really, really, really starting until 2019. Um, cause that was when I, that's when I read the name of the wind. Um, and you know, that kind of sort of opened the doors for me. You know, I've always been a part of the ner- nerd culture, I guess you would say. Um, and that's kind of like goes to like terminology, like I guess technically not nerd culture, but geek culture. Actually, I don't know. They, they go back and forth. I used to, I used to have an opinion that nerd, that one of them, is like nerdy, is like smart. I guess nerd is was the word. To me, nerd is smart stuff. Like like you know you know somebody who's into the periodic table of elements. Which you know I, I've always wanted. I I don't know why I haven't done it yet since I've become an adult. But I've always wanted to have a big map of it, or not a map, but a big you know a big framed periodic table of elements on the wall. Even though I don't you know I don't I'm not a scientist or anything like that. But that's nerdy to me. Geeky is like, uh, oh shoot, I may have it backwards. But I was thinking like geeky's like comic books, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, you know, stuff like that. Like that's, maybe I got it backwards. Maybe that's nerdy and the other one's geeky. I used to have it one way or the other. Um, I know a lot of people use them interchangeably and I guess I do now because I've, I've forgotten what my, you know, what my formula, what my, what my, what I adhered to was, I forgot it now, but, but I've always kind of been steeped in the, you know, like I grew up, uh, I had an uncle who was kind of into all that stuff, Dungeons and Dragons, things like that. So, you know, I remember going to see the Phantom Menace, <laughs> uh, when it was in theaters. Uh, I remember going to see the Fellowship of the Ring when, you know, like on opening night, freezing my butt off, to see that movie. So, he was always there to sort of guide me there, but I never was a reader though. Like I was just, uh, you know, I watched the shows and the movies and stuff like that. But, um, you know, and I had attempted, you know, I, I think I read Harry, Harry Potter in high school and, or elementary school. And uh, I attempted to read Lord of the Rings when I was younger, but I never really read fantasy until the name of the wind. So I read it. Uh, really enjoyed it, and then I thought somehow I stumbled upon Daniel Green. Uh, if you don't know who Daniel Green is, he is a prominent YouTuber, I would say, big in the fantasy genre. 
uh, and science fiction, but he's a huge Will of Time fan. And I stumbled upon him, and I decided to start reading The Will of Time. And that's how I was reading it, I, I, uh, to kind of run this back. I read it, like I'll, I'll read it while I'm listening to the audio f- book version. And, um, which I read faster than they talk, so I have to crank that thing up to like 150. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of how I started reading. So I, I started reading The Will of Time. I think I read three, uh, I think I read two books in 2019, uh, you know, with some other books here and there. Uh, and then in 2020, I read Mistborn. That was the first book I read that year. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, as you'll, you may hear me say this at some points, but I don't give out a lot of five star reviews to me. Five star means it's a perfect book. Perfect in my eyes. Of course, there could be flaws for other people. Mistborn was, the, was like the first five star book for me. It, it, it's really the first one. The final empire is really good. Uh, but, as a part of this podcast, I'm going to reread it when we get to reading the Mistborn trilogy. Cause I didn't, I didn't go past it. I only read the first one, uh, you know, and then I read, uh, you know, the first two Witcher like series of short stories, you know, I, I continued, I picked up a, a couple more or three more Wheel of Time books in 2020. Uh, the Lies of Locke Lamore was a really good book. I started the Dresden Files, uh, even, even dived into some Glenn Wolf. Or not Glenn, Gene Wolf. Good Lord, Gene Wolf with the Shadow and Claw, the the Book of the New Sun, uh, which was very different, but you know it was enjoyable. And then I read the next five star <laughs> for me, uh, Dune, which you know is science fiction, but it definitely has a, a fantasy element. And and I, I'll probably get crucified for saying this, but to me. Science fiction, I kind of feel like fantasy is the umbrella at which a lot of other genre fiction falls under. Um, And I know most people, you know, when they think of fantasy, they think of, um, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, all the, the tropes and the standards, and I don't mean tropes in a negative, but just tropes and and the the things you have come to expect, you know, started with Tolkien, right? Tolkien, and then you know, Conan the Barbarian, um, things like that. Uh, John Carter of Mars, things of that nature, kind of helped create what we've got with fantasy. But I think, in realistic terms, again. It's my opinion, and I hate saying my personal opinion or my opinion because I'm the one saying it, right? So, of course, it's my opinion. Um, I believe that fantasy is that umbrella and that elements, you need all the elements to tell a good fantasy story. I think you need to have fantastical, uh, either fantastical settings, fantastical creatures, but you need you need a tinge of horror there. You need to have a little bit of horror going on. You need to have some kind of, um, you know, you don't need. I mean, I hate to say this in the year twenty twenty one, or it's not even twenty twenty one anymore. It's twenty twenty two. I hate saying it in this era that we are living in. But you know, you kind of gotta, you've got to tell a story, right? 
And you can have meaning, you can have underlying meanings underneath that. I mean, that's what makes stories resonate with us, is that they have they have something that connects us to them. Um, it can be as simple as a character that you connect with because of the struggles they're going through and the way that they can overcome them. You can relate that to your life. Or, you know, it, it could just even be in terms of you can get philosophical with it. You can get political, with, not, not political in the sense of, again, the era that we live in now, but just the idea on how things should be carried out and how humans or species or whatever, how we should interact with one another. You know, I think those are great things. You kind of need those things. However, I will preface that I don't believe that they should be, they should not be so on the nose that that's all you see. And they shouldn't be, um, they should not get in the way of the story. The story should be told. And then whatever message you're trying to convey or question you're trying to pose, I mean, like I said, it should be present, but the story shouldn't suffer for it. Um, again, that could be a, that could be a controversial opinion, and I try not to get too in the weeds with that kind of stuff. But you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat how I feel either. So, but I think to get back to it. I think that fantasy kind of covers it all. So Dune, while it is a probably the best science fiction story ever told, it's fantastical. It's got a fantasy element to it, especially with, um, I mean, if you look at uh, the latest version, Denis Villeneuve, I love his, um, just the way he depicted it. It kind of, what's crazy about it is it feels very fantasy, and and you know if you're if you've read any of the Will of Time, which Will of Time you know took took some ideas from Dune, Game of Thrones took some ideas from Dune, just that idea that that political drama. Um, you know it it kind of what's cool is it kind of has a fantasy look because there's not a lot of technology, like the most technological thing in Dune is the is the omnithropters or, or the hel- the helicopter thing with jigs. Um, but the funny thing is because Denis Villeneuve did Blade Runner 2049, the set piece looked like Dune is like a prequel to to Blade Runner. And I, and I enjoyed that. Uh, maybe people didn't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't read, you know, I don't really read too much. I just, I don't read too much about other people's opinions, uh, like that. I kind of just go watch and, you know, I figure out for myself. I don't know if people liked it or not. But, I mean, like I said, we live in this day and age, somebody didn't like it. Uh, and then, in, uh, you know, like I said, so in 2020, I read a little bit. And then in 2021, uh, not so much. Uh, started out the year, read uh, Full Moon, uh, the second Dresden file. Uh, I read that the, the YouTuber Daniel Green, he, he, he published a novella, read it. And then, you know, I love me some good mystery, too. So uh, I read a, a mystery novel called The Guest List by Lucy Foley. And I, and I recommend that book. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's not the best thing ever. But, you know, if you if you like a good old mystery, you know, check that one out. And then I, I finally got back into The Will of Time, naturally, because the show came out. Um, I'm really not going to talk about the show. Like I said, I'm going to keep this to books even though I just talked about uh, Dune. Uh, but that was just in reference to something. Um, I, I don't really want to get into reviewing uh, the show or um, 
or anything like that uh, at this point in time. Maybe we'll get into it later. Um, but yeah, I picked up on some Will of Time. Uh, started with the sixth book because that, that's where I had left off in 2020. Uh, about the summer of 2020, I had uh, I'd finished the fifth book. So read the sixth, seventh, uh, uh, towards the very end of 2021. Um, and here we are now at the start of this this podcast i have just finished the 10th book and i am um on to the novella because i'm reading them in, in a publication order and then the, the novella came next um and around book eight i have fully swapped over to only audio mainly because the copies i have from book 10 onward are all hard hardback and because i got them at a used bookstore and i don't really want them I don't really want to mess with them. So, uh, you know, like I said, I'm a paperback guy. And I'm even, and again, this could be sacrilegious as well. I'm a mass market paperback person. I, I like me some mass market paperback. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, I like to, you know, I used to be super picky about my paperback stuff. Like I, I didn't want any kind of crease put in it, but I don't care anymore. I, I don't care about that. I, I, I actually enjoy when it gets worn down. I took Mistborn with me when I went to Vietnam um, and came back with it. And that thing's beat to hell and back. But I, I enjoy that. I enjoy that about it. There's a story to it. When I read The Eye of the World, it, um, you know, it, I took it to Utah. We went on a trip to Utah. And so it's beat up pretty bad. So um, I don't know. It just, it, each book has a story. A secondary story, the story that it's telling, and the story that I that I have while reading it. But yeah, so you know, like I was saying, you know, I've read you know a good bit of the Will of Time. I've read a, you know a couple Brandon Sanders. I've read some Dresden Files, and some other things here or there. So still, I'm not. You know, I still have read have not read that much fantasy. But we're going to change that with this podcast. We're going to change that, and I hope that you'll join me. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of the books that are on the schedule are the, the Faithful and the Fallen by John Gwynn, that four book series, um, the the Powder Mage trilogy, which that'll be the the second one after, or I guess that'll be the first big book after the Dresden Files. We'll we'll, we'll knock all three of those out. Um, I want to finish the Gentleman Bastard. Uh, I believe it's called the Gentleman Bastard Cycle. Uh, the First Law by Joe Abercrombie. Um, what do you think here? Uh, the Robin Hobb books, uh, the Realm of, Realm of the Elderlings, uh, the uh, Poppy War. Maybe get into some Jay Kristoff with the Never Night. Um, and, and then, of course, get into the Stormlight Archive as well. Um, and uh, Malazan, Book of the Fallen. Uh, maybe some Witcher. There, nothing is off the table, okay. Uh, and so, this will be fun for me because, you know, I want to be more well read. I'm kind of an aspiring writer myself, so uh, I realized quickly that you know how can I write if I don't if I don't know what's out there, what's been done before me. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do this. I hope that you. You all will tag along with me. 
whether you've read the book or not. And if you haven't, if you're reading along with me, I'd love to hear from you. Um, so, uh, you know, if you can, you know, write a review on, on, um, on iTunes or wherever you get this, I know Spotify allows some things like that, I believe. So, and eventually we may get, may get a, uh, an email spun up for you, uh, to, to respond to, but I, I'm on Instagram, uh, a journey through fantasy. That's probably the best way to reach out to me. Just mess, you know, message me through there. Um, so again, yeah, again, I, I'm really looking forward to this journey. Uh, I think it should be a, a fun time, a, sh- a good way to sort of keep myself accountable, keep me a consistent reader. But yeah, so I will see you on March 7th. We will be reading the first 10 chapters of Grave Peril by the Dresden Files. So, uh, you know, between now and then, if you want to get going on them, go ahead and, and be ready for, for us to talk about it. See y'all later.